We are continuing on our series about Jesus the King. And today we're talking about Jesus the King of healing. Um, healing is a very, uh, it's a very interesting subject. It's something that's talked about. It's probably in the Christian life talked about more than it probably, <laughs> more than it should be. I don't know, maybe it isn't. But Jesus healed people. Why did he do that? Is it just a cool trick? Um, is it to show that Christians should have long lives with no sickness? Is that what it's about? Uh, in that case, there's not many real Christians in the world, probably. Um, uh, in, in many places, Jesus heals all of the sick and demon-possessed. But then I've heard people say, so if Jesus did it, then so should we. But it doesn't say that. Is that the case? Uh, Does it mean that the church should look basically like Jesus' ministry times? Okay. Well, we're going to talk about this today, uh, but I want to read three Bible passages. One uh, we've read, well, I've been reading every week because this is the foundation for our preaching about Jesus the King, and it's Mark 1, 14 to 15. It says this, After Jesus was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Then down in verse 29, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they immediately told Jesus about her. He went to her, took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak, because they knew who he was. Then we're jumping to Mark 3, verse 7. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake, and a large crowd from Galilee followed. When they heard about all that he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and the regions around the Jordan and around Tyre and Sidon. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. For when he had healed, for when he had healed many, so that there were those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down and cried out, You are the son of God. But he gave them strict orders not to tell others about him. Okay, so we're talking about healing today. And I'm going to look at five areas. I'm going to try and be quick. I'm not very good at being quick. The first thing is, what are signs? Often miracles are called signs. The second point is, what do healing signs point to? Third part is, What is a right response to healing signs? The fourth part is, what is a wrong response to healing signs? Or a wrong understanding probably as well. And the fifth is, what should we think about this for ourselves today? They sound like fair questions. Why do I start with signs? Uh, Well, signs are a very important thing to understand with regard to any miraculous work that Jesus did is to understand what a sign is. Okay, 
Now, I, I just want to point out that last week we talked about demons and the powers of darkness. Nearly every time you hear about healing, you hear about casting out demons. But we're separating them because we've said that Jesus, last week we said Jesus has authority over the powers of darkness. Today we're saying he's got authority over, I guess, our bodies with healing. Uh, we're not looking at the demon possession stuff because we did last week. That's the only reason, uh, even though they really are very close together. And they both point to the kingship of Jesus. Okay, what a sign. Well, I, I mean, in, in, at its most simplest, when we came into Deer and Bandy, you actually have a sign that says something like, in five kilometres, Deer and Bandy. And when we got to that sign, we didn't think we were there. Okay? That sign pointed to something, didn't it? It pointed to the township of Deer and Bandy. It's not actually Deer and Bandy, that sign. Did you notice that? That's in its most simplest. A sign points to a truth, a reality. Uh, and the reality, quite simply, when you read the start of Mark, is this. The kingdom of God is coming. The kingdom of God is near. The king is here. He's healing. Ah, that's the king. Healing is this pointing. The king is over there. If you stop at the healing, you've missed the understanding of a sign. Jesus says, I am the king. Prove it. He heals people. He casts out demons. He has authority over people. That's, a, that's what we've had up till now. But you see, he went around and he preached about the kingdom of God. He preached repentance and faith. And he healed people. And the healing points to the message. Does that make sense? Okay. In a couple of weeks' time, and I'm not trying to steal all Fraser's material, but in a couple of weeks' time, Jesus heals a paralysed man who's lowered through the ceiling. And he says, So that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, and then he heals him. Why did he heal him? To show that he had authority on earth to forgive sins. So the healing was a sign. It pointed, Jesus forgives sins. That's all I'm going to say about that one. (laughs) Um, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. But before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he actually preached. Well, he spoke to Mary and Martha. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though they die, yet shall they live. Then he raised Lazarus from the dead. What is he doing? The, The raising of Lazarus from the dead is a sign and it's pointing towards what? Jesus is the one who will raise you from the dead when you die. Do you get it? So if you stopped and worshipped the sign, you would be a strange person, wouldn't you? Well, there must be some strange people around. But signs point to something. You shouldn't focus on the sign. We're going to talk about that more in a while. But Jesus casted out demons, yeah, as we said last week, And then he gave teaching about, if I cast out demons, then obviously I've got authority over the powers of darkness. So it's not the driving out of the demons that's what we should focus on, but Jesus the King who has power over demons. Do you you get what I'm saying? Signs point to something. What do Part two is, what do healing signs point to? Well, quite simply... That Jesus is the king and he has power over sickness and he has power over health 
and he is the king who sets people free from these things. Okay, healing is a demonstration that the kingdom of God has arrived. Now, um, why is this important? Okay, look, think about it like this. Ned and Steph have started playing chess. That made you look, didn't you, Steph? Now you've got to listen. And in chess, you've got a whole line of pieces at the front which are called pawns, aren't they? And pawns are kind of like fodder for everything else, yeah? You, you just take them off the board. They're kind of in the way for a start, aren't they? You can't do it, have any fun stuff because the pawns are there. And, and, and they're really of low value. In our lives, we can feel like we are of low value. We're kind of in the way. Why are we here? There are many powerful people ruling over us, yeah? There were powers of darkness ruling over us. Our bodies are degrading, we, we get sick, we get injured, we get old. You know what that's like, old people? And we feel like pawns in this world. Yeah? We're just fodder for more powerful things going on. We feel powerless. And then we might try and overcome this. The great way of overcoming it, of course, is to become powerful, become rich, become, have a control over your own life and existence, become influential and change the whole world. We're all good at that. But then the funny thing is, as soon as people get into any sort of power, they become corrupt. It's amazing how quick it happens in our governments, even in a democratic world. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I've signed myself in as Pope. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that was a joke. Um, uh, not funny. Um, but it's amazing how quick people become corrupt, isn't it? That's what power does to us when we're going to change the whole world for good. Okay, but what I'm, what I'm, my point is, which I've lost somewhere in there, is, is this. We find out that we have a king and we are not pawns under that king. We are actually, when we trust in Jesus, when we have, as, as it's pointed out right through Mark, repentance and faith, we become children of God, not pawns. Yep. And he rules his kingdom and he has power over everything. Now, he has power over everything. Quite simply, if you are sick, he has power to heal you. But also, if he has power over everything and you're not healed, then that's good because he's the king. Is that? She would have a lot of peace if we could believe that, hey? Yeah? Because if we have understanding that if he's the king, he has to heal us, and then we're not healed, we end up in this terrible place I'm going to talk about in a minute. Okay, right. But he has power over our bodies, which means it's good, whatever happens. I'm not for a minute doubting that healing happens. Yep. I'm not for a minute doubting that non-healing happens. In God's rule. Because he's king. Okay. But all of this, his power is pointing to the fact that we have a good king who loves us. He is a good shepherd, right? And everything that happens in this time of of Mark that we're reading, the first eight chapters, is pointing to one thing. The king has arrived and he's Jesus. Okay. Don't miss that point because otherwise you're looking at the signs and you're sitting 10 k's out of Deer and Bandy and it's pointless. Okay? Because Deer and Bandy is a great place to be, as we all know. 
What is the right response to healing signs? It's part three. Well, there's three really uh, key areas that this come from this straight out. Number one is you understand the kingdom of God. Yep, that's not a small thing. You understand the king. Second, repentance. And thirdly, faith. And they are almost inseparable, really. They travel together completely. Okay? Uh, The kingdom of God, repentance and faith. But if you know that Jesus is the king, a right response is to see that he is king in all of your life. Okay? So when you watch the news or you... I don't know how you... How do young people watch the news? You don't... You don't watch the ABC News at night time, do you? That's a good... No, no. Fox News perhaps on your, on your phone. Maybe you watch it on Facebook. No, I don't think that's news. Um, uh, but when you watch the news, when you look at the world around you, when you interpret the things that are happening, to live by an understanding of the kingdom means you see that the king is ruling. Whatever you see happening, understand the king is ruling. That's what these signs are pointing to. Do you get that? If you see a drought, well we don't talk about that much anymore do we? Not now. If you see floods, the king is ruling. If you see politicians, I don't care what they're doing, the king's ruling over them. Okay. If you see disasters and sickness, if you see family crisis in your own life, Jesus is still the king and he's ruling. You understand? Look at what the signs are pointing to, and they're all pointing to this. There is a king. Okay? And that is the life of faith. Understand the king, look to him being the king, believe in him being the king, see him ruling as king. That's a life of faith. Pretty simple, then, isn't it? Yeah? And, and repentance is this turning, it's this changing your mind towards God. Because you see, I remember when I became a Christian, well before I was a Christian, I was involved in every sort of self-glorification, idolatry, immorality, uh, debauchery, whatever you want to say. I was involved in all of that. And then I became a Christian and God gave me this washing, this healing of the mind, really, where I was cleansed from all of that. It's like all of that muck was pulled out, right? So I repented and I believed in Jesus and he gave me this washing. But about three days later, actually I reckon I had about three days where I was kind of at peace. But about three days later, all that old stuff, one by one, started to crowd in on me again. And what do you do? Well, you have to repent, turn from the, the ways of this world to Jesus. And again and again. You're turning from different stuff all the time. But it's crowding in on you all the time. So our lives are a life of repentance and faith under the kingship of Jesus. They all travel together. What is a right response to healing signs? Just what I've said. Do you get what I'm saying? Ongoing lives of repentance, faith and, and submission to the king who is the king of all. Yep. 
Even when um, the disciples went out and, it, and they drove out many demons, and it says they, this is in Mark 6, they anointed many sick people with oil and, and, heal it, and, and healed them. It says before that they preached that the people should repent. They had the same message, didn't they? Yep. Otherwise, the whole response to healing is this. I was sick and now I'm better and now I'm a, that's what my life is about, being better. Yep. Understand this. Our response to healing miracles is to know that Jesus is king. We keep turning to him. And also understand this. If we understand Jesus is king, repentance is not hiding from the world. It's understanding the world. Okay? We don't want to be people who insulate ourselves because if we, if we build... You see, we, we want to get out of the kingdom of the world, right? And so we go and... Um, and do you remember that show on TV, the old people called The Good Life? Yeah, where they be a little, a, a little English family who become self-sufficient and they grew all their own vegetables and they had their pigsty running the power plant, which was always broken down and producing meat. You don't remember that? Right? Well, what they did was they got out of the kingdom of the world and just made their own little kingdom. Yep. Which, which was kind of like the kingdom of the world, just smaller. It was under their own reign. You see, understand that if Jesus has power in the kingdom, he has kingship even over the evil powers within the world. That's what we talked about last week. So we, don't, we can't get out of the world. Right. Um, I don't know where I went there. Okay. We trust in him, we live by faith. A wrong response or a wrong understanding of healing signs. What does that look like? And that's uh, something we... Uh, I, it, understand this. If you believe, this is probably, even for people who say they don't believe it, still believe it, Christians have an entitled view of healing. They think because they're Christians that God is naturally going to heal them. Okay? Now, we talk, we're not talking about those weird other groups over there. We're talking about there's this natural thought that God's going to heal you. If you have that, you will end up, you'll end up confused about God. You'll end up frustrated and you'll end up, although you'll never say it's true, angry with God. Okay? Because the expectation is, in my heart, I, I know I've done this and lived in this all my life. I've prayed for my children to be healed and then I've been angry with God when they weren't. Yep. And they're all still alive. <laughs> Turns out he knew what he was doing after all. But you see, you end up confused, frustrated and angry with God because he's not doing it. I'm not angry with you, God, because that might ruin my... No, that might mess up the whole process. So, so I'm, I'm at peace with you. Do whatever you want, but make sure you do what I want. If we have an entitled view of healing, hear it again, and I want you to think about this when you go home, you will be confused, frustrated and angry and a whole lot of other stuff because you've got a wrong understanding of what God's like. Yep. A wrong response to healing signs is to worship healing signs, to be in awe of them. Not being in awe of God, being in awe of good stuff that he does. Okay. Don't worship signs. 
worship the truth that they point to. Otherwise, what Christianity becomes is kind of a superstitious religion where Jesus is the witch doctor. And if you take some offerings to him, he'll heal you and, you can, and, and, and give you a good life. That's not it. He's the king of kings. Right? The desire for signs becomes an ever-increasing idolatry. You want more and more. The Jews often asked Jesus for signs. It was their thing. They were known for it. They demanded signs. And Jesus actually rebuked them. He said, well, I'll go down a bit. He says, why does this generation ask for a sign? Like he, by the way, he said that just after he'd fed 5,000 and then 4,000 people with nothing, basically. And he'd been healing all these people. Show us a sign. Yeah, we, what, They're becoming addicted to this uh, kind of adrenaline rush of big stuff and Jesus is angry with them because of what? They're not looking at what they're pointing to. You're not getting it. Yep. It becomes an idolatry. He rebuked them because they wanted the miracle. They didn't want the truth. He preached repentance, the kingdom of God and faith. And what did they see? Cool stuff happened. We've been reading Judges. And one of the big problems in the book of Judges is that the people of Israel, they keep seeing the symptom as the problem. Their problem is they committed idolatry. But they see the problem, they think the problem is that the other nations are ruling over them. No, the other relations ruling over them, that's just a symptom. Your problem is you're idolatrous. Okay? What we've got to see is that our problem is idolatry and, and we've got to turn to Jesus. Um, we, we mix up the sign with the truth. Our problem is we're sick. We need to turn to Jesus, right? Will that make us better? Well, maybe, maybe not. What's our problem? We need to turn to Jesus. Do you get what I'm saying? There's an underlying issue and we keep seeing the pain and hardship and the suffering as they are the problem. So what do we want from Christianity? Get rid of pain, hardship and sickness. But when we know Jesus, he actually gives us the ability to go through pain. When I say go through, I mean even remain in pain and hardship and sickness. Do you get what I'm saying? Don't mix up what the symptom is with the, with the real problem. And the real problem is sin and the real answer is repentance and faith. Okay. Jesus says in the end, that I'm only going to give you one sign, the sign of Jonah who was in the belly of a fish three days, meaning he was going to die and rise from the dead and they didn't like that sign one bit. Well, a lot of the Jews, did they? They didn't want that. He said, uh, it, it, Paul says, right, Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews. It's a stumbling block to them. They don't, it doesn't fit their theology. Foolishness to the Gentiles. The greatest sign ever is Jesus dying on the... Well, sorry, that's the greatest action ever. And all of scripture and everything that he's done points 
to the cross where the servant king, the king who was a servant, bore the pain and suffering of his people. Now, when, you, when I've heard people speak from Isaiah 53, verse 4, they keep saying the same cross that um, brings forgiveness brings complete healing. Have you heard people say that? And they use this verse, he, uh, by his wounds we were healed. Yeah. But the, the whole passage, just read the whole passage. I'll read the whole verse. You can read the whole passage. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. By his wounds we are healed. By the wounds of his crucifixion, he has healed our transgressions, our iniquity, and he's brought us his peace. Can you see what it's saying? Yep. Again, if we believe that all that, we will all be healed of everything because that's what it is to be Christian, we will end up, what did I say? Confused, frustrated, and angry. Okay. The cross is the greatest place of healing ever known. It is a place where we find peace with God because we're reconciled to him. Don't worship the signs. Look to what Jesus has done and where he is. Okay. One more response that's wrong to healings is this. To believe that all healings are from God. Okay, it's just natural if someone is miraculously healed to go, well, that's from God. Who else would do good stuff for you? Right? Later on in Mark, we're trying to work all from Mark, by the way, to see Mark's understanding. Mark 13, 21, it says, At that time, this is Jesus speaking, if anyone says to you, look, here's a Messiah, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and wonders to deceive, if it were possible, even the elect. So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. I'm giving you a warning here, he's saying. Don't say he is the Messiah, because if you're reading the signs, you know who the Messiah is, don't you? It's Jesus. So don't look for another one. But false messiahs, false prophets will appear and perform miracles. Okay. We, really, we really need to shake our understanding here because we can't just say something amazing has happened, that was God. Really, really understand that. It's important. Because, well, how do we know the difference? Quite simply, look at the preaching that accompanies the signs because there's always preaching that goes with the signs. Who does it point to? Does it glorify man? Does it glorify the bloke on the stage? Does it glorify, what, what is it glorifying? Does it bear witness to Jesus the King? Does it preach the cross? Does it preach everything that comes from God? Okay. If it's about the glory of man, if it distracts from the truth of God and it does miracles, then what does he say? Do not believe it. That's Jesus. He said, I've told you this ahead of time. Why? Because you're going to need to know because you're going to face it. If you have a a Christianity which focuses all on healing and brings that frustration and confusion and anger with God, not with real God because it's the God you've created in your image who's always going to heal. If you have that focus, 
right? You, you will end up being dragged away from the truth of God. Do not believe it. There's a warning that's there. Do you remember old people again? I'm talking about old people. There used to be a bloke on TV. Uh, I remember when he came to Australia and did a tour. His name was Yuri Jeller. Remember him? He was a spoon bender. Remember the spoon bender man? And that, we watched him on TV. And, and he could bend a spoon with his mind. If you were standing side onto him, you would see he was just doing a bit of manipulation with the camera angles, but don't worry about that. He could bend a spoon with his mind. And then what happened, because he could bend a spoon with his mind, then he would give you life advice about how he could become successful. Yep. Oh, and, send, and you could send money to him. What a gift. What a blessing that would be. It was absolutely pathetic, a bloke who had a mind. Look, just imagine, if I could bend a spoon, right, should you, like, go, wow, we should listen to him for advice? Like, you're only going to end up with bent cutlery, really, aren't you? It's not actually that important. But people can do a mindless little trick and everyone goes, wow, well, listen to them. Yeah? So then you get... Christian charlatans who are false preachers who play mind tricks, convince miracles, give you pleasant advice instead of the gospel, you know, uh, happy thinking, and then glory to the preacher and then, good, send him some money too. What a gift that is. Actually, if you send him the money, you get ten times back. Okay, there are some wrong understandings of healing and I hope I've covered enough of it for you to understand. What should we think about this for today. Our greatest importance is to look again towards what the signs point to. It points to God. They point to God. We can't be... I I, I think most of my life, what it's been like is I've heard sermons on healing and they go like this. Jesus heals people. God still heals people. You can heal people. That's how they go. That's the, yep. It's, it, and it, that's the focus of healing in the modern age, isn't it? Yep. What we're hearing is that Jesus is king. He's king over all. That's a different message, isn't it? He is king over all. Yes, he can intervene. No, he does not always intervene. Why? Because he has a will. Right? He has a plan which is better than our plans. Our plan is simple. Always be healed. Always have a happy life. That's my plan. That's not God's plan. Okay? John said this in 1 John 5, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence... We have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Okay, that's just so simple, isn't it? If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Mm. And if we ask something that's not according to his will? (laughs) Yeah? Right, he doesn't do it. Why should he? Because he knows what's best for us. And his will is best for us. And his will is one day, I'm sorry to say this, right, but I'm comfortable with this, right? One day I'm going to get sick and die and that will be God's will for my life. 
And after that, I'll be raised from the dead and I'm going to go to be with him forever. And that is his will for my life. And it's a good will. And it's better than my will. Yep. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. You know, your will in heaven is always done. Your will on earth, just the same. Let it be this. It's, it's like, I think part of that takes some convincing of ourselves. Lord, we want to believe that we want your will. That's part of it. We did, you know what I mean? Because we don't want his will when it doesn't fit with our will. But Lord, make your will my will. Yep. And John said this, by the way, just before that, just so that you know that he's on about the same thing as Jesus. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. In other words, why am I writing this to you? So you might trust in Jesus. Oh, and always be healed. No. Okay. Eternal life that he's talking about is a new life with a new body that never decays, it's without sin. Why do people want constant healing? And why do they want to live to a very old age? Because they believe that this life on this earth is the most important and because they're afraid of death. And it's not. This is not the best life. Our eternal life with God is the best life. Yep, it's more important than this life. In this life, the important things are faith, repentance, living under the king. Okay. I say all this coming as a person who believes that God heals. And I believe that in your lifetime, and probably maybe it's already happened, at various times you'll see God heal someone. If you see that happen, make sure you do the right thing. Point to Jesus. Yeah, point to him. Glorify him because he's the king. Yeah, and, and say, I, I, a really helpful thing that happened to me, uh, and I believe this is miraculous. I was driving along in my car, only just not, not long a Christian, and, and I got up very early in the morning to go to work, and I worked hard all day, and then I was driving towards a youth group function, actually, so I was being a good Christian, and I went to sleep at the wheel on a dirt road in a, in a backyard thing. And I woke up to feel the car yanked at him and it took a corner that it shouldn't have taken, right? And I grabbed back hold of the wheel and I thought, God save me. Now that was, that was a great thing that happened early in my Christian life. I went to the youth group leader and I told him what had happened. He said, do you know what that means? I said, what? He said, God didn't want you to die today. He said, he might want you to die tomorrow. I'm like, oh. no. Uh, yeah. You understand? It's a good thing to keep in mind that God's will doesn't mean that... that it, it, he, he might bring healing today, but he's not going to... I've prayed for people and seen them miraculously healed. And I'd say that three quarters of those people are now dead. That's good. I just hope that they believed in Jesus, eh? I hope that they read the signs and saw where they were pointing to. I've probably said enough. But I want you to go home with a question and it's, uh, I really do want you to think about this. Um, do Christians need healing? Hmm. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for the grace and mercy that you've shown us, particularly when you brought us this incredible healing through Jesus Christ, your son. Thank you that you have forgiven us all our sins 
that you've restored us to you and that you've given us promises of resurrection, promises of eternal life with you. And Father, we thank you that not only have you commanded us to uh, repent and have faith, but Father, you've even given us the gift of repentance and the gift of faith. Father, you've given us so much and we are thankful to you. And Father, we pray that our whole lives would be signs in themselves pointing to you. We pray that our words and our actions and our hearts would all bear witness to your glory alone. And Father, that we would be people who constantly give glory to you and we are like big signposts pointing to you. Father, and I pray that you would give us a good understanding of healing, that you would give us peace when there is healing and peace when there's not, and that in all things we would know that you are the king who knows best. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.